Welcome to Establish the Edge. I'm your host, Mike Leone. I'm going to be going over some running back targets for week five and in season long in general, guys that have underperformed to start the year that we should expect to perform better both this week and over the course of the season. Before getting into that, I want to note that this podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, you can use some of this information in their Battle Royale contest each week, uh, which are a weekly six-round snake draft against six, five other opponents. And those are a ton of fun. We have rankings for those over at Establish to Run. If you deposit using promo code ETR on Underdog Fantasy, you will get a first deposit first deposit match bonus up to $100. Again, use promo code ETR over at Underdog Fantasy. But let's get into the running back targets. And if you've been listening to my podcast the last two weeks, I've done this with pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends basically gone over uh, an article slash model list that I put together on ETR called the by Leone that looks at underperforming players and for running backs. It's a little bit different, a little bit trickier than for pass catchers. Honestly, I think the pass catcher one is better because pass catching volumes earned a bit more from a skill standpoint, whereas running back uh, there's a lot more stuff that goes into that between game script and coaching decisions and you know we, we could get rug pulled at any given time so one component with all these models is there's an assumption that the past volume stays steady in the future and if that holds true the performance will come up come back into line um, but sometimes we see players who aren't performing well and then they lose that volume so I'm going to do my best to add context to our list which guys I think are legitimate targets and which ones I think our fool's gold, but some of the things that go into predicting this are team scoring expectation, air yards for the running backs, you know, total targets and carries and touches, goal line carries, which are carries uh, inside the 10-yard line is what I've denoted it there. Uh, and then down in distance and defenders in the box is something I've added into this as well, which is hard because it, it, it's difficult to know how predictive these metrics are individually, but it does go into the quality of the rush attempts for players. And that's an important delineation. If you know, if you're facing stacked boxes versus someone facing light boxes, your expected yards per carry is going to be different. And when you're getting your carries, like a carry on third and one is going to have a different yards per carry expectation than a carry on, you know, second and 12, for example. And again, there's some, Certainly a lot of variation between when guys are getting their carries, but it's enough predictive that um, it helps us to not over project, let's say guys who are getting you know, tons of carries in, in situations where we wouldn't expect high yards per carry. If we stripped out those variables, we might be over projecting them looking forward before looking at the targets for this week. I'm going to keep teasing it. Do you want to look at last week's results and some of the big hits, Josh Jacobs was on here. He comes in at 35 fantasy points. Damian Pierce was on here, 26 fantasy points. Leonard Fournette was on here. Jeff Wilson. Those were some of the big hits from last week. Some of the big misses, Melvin Gordon uh, barely played because of the fumbling issues. Obviously, that'll change with Javante Williams getting hurt, but that was a miss last week. Travis Etienne had some game weather concerns. He failed. Um, but guys who just straight up fouled without excuses were James Conner, J.D. McKissick, and A.J. Dillon. You're going to see some repeats on the model with Conner and Dillon this week, which I will talk about. want to hit on Fournette in this space because he hit last week, even though Rashad White 
cut into his role a decent bit. And this just goes to show you something that Ben Gretsch pointed out in his stealing signals column this week. But running backs really hit their upside via high value touches, which are goal line carries and targets. And when Tampa Bay is passing as much as they did last week, that's actually good for Fernet. You know, we don't want him plotting 20 carries for 90 yards. That doesn't move the needle for us. Him catching five to six balls a game and running in some short touchdowns, that that's going to move the needle for us. So he's on the model again. And I do think he's still a target despite the fact that Rashad White cut into his role because this offense is getting healthier now. They're going to throw. They're going to put up points. That's exactly what we want to see. So um, let's take a look at this week's model now. And I mentioned Joe Mixon was on it last week. He's on it again this week, uh, even though he had a decent week last week. His last three games, PPR points per game, 11.8. This model, which is somewhat conservative, spits out 16.6. Our weekly DFS projection for him is 17.8. I want to pull up some of the player comps too. I'll do this from time to time. Looking at this one on the fly, so I don't even know what it says, but it's just kind of fun to look these up in my opinion. And you can see it's, it's a pretty good one. A median expectation of about 17 fantasy points. Um, 80th percent, so pretty tight range, honestly, in terms of his median 80th percentile. Uh, a lot of performances where he's going to score in the mid-teens, mid-high teens, and low 20s, uh, which is exactly what we want and would expect out of a guy like Joe Mixon. If we look at his weekly volume distribution, what we're going to see for Mixon is he's averaged 20.5 carries a game. He's averaged three and a half goal line carries per game. And he's averaged six targets per game. So phenomenal workload. We would certainly expect his 2.7 yards per carry and his touchdown rate, those sorts of things to improve moving forward. So he is, he, he could be, he's probably a first rounder if we drafted again, given some of the issues with the top running backs, maybe back into the first rounder. He was someone I was avoiding coming into the season. I didn't think the pass catching could be where it's at. And you do still have Samaj P. Ryan cutting into some obvious pass down situations, but Mixon's playing enough of those and getting enough base work volume that I think you know the target share comes down a little bit. But if he's getting even four, four to five targets a game, it's really good. And it's offense that's good, dominating all the rush work, dominating all the goal line work. You know, the only nitpicky thing is you'd you'd maybe even hope for a higher target share, but I do think the efficiency bounces back and we start seeing some pretty big Joe Mixon games. Okay. Uh, I mentioned underdog battle Royale at the top of this show. And a couple guys on this list that are going really low in those are Alvin Kamara and Dalvin cook. So not to be overly specific with this advice, but I think those guys are good targets there. People are scared off by Alvin Kamara's health and his ADP is really low, which makes him an amazing pick because in some drafts, he doesn't even get taken in the underdog battle Royale. And that's something you really want to look for. Uh, getting those low owned plays. So that's a reason to target him. If he doesn't end up playing, you can swap him out pretty easily. And you're getting where he goes in the drafts. His projected points, if he plays, is way higher than anybody else. And then Dalvin Cook is really good leverage off his teammate, Justin Jefferson. We actually have him projected somewhat similarly for this week with the absurd game scripts we've seen in Chicago Bears games. Now, this model does not know Dalvin Cook's playing the Bears. As you can see, he just 
has an underperform. He's only averaged 11.3 fantasy points per game. The actual model projection for him isn't even that great at 12.2, but it certainly highlights an increase in performance coming. And that's confirmed by our DFS projection of 18 points. Cook plays a Bears team who other team, their rush rate over expectation is so incredibly high. They're running at such a high rate, even relative to game script that, and they've been bad that opponents are running against them at a much higher rate than you would expect. So cook some concerns with the shoulder. If we look at what he's done uh, in the passing game, really good target shares. The first two weeks, really bad. The last two weeks, uh, snap shares have come down a little bit. So there are some flags for cook, but the carry share was back up to 80% last week, you know, another week to get that shoulder healthier. And it's a matchup too, where, you know, we're honestly just primed for rushing efficiency this week. So really a big fan of Delvin cook, uh, a guy I flag planted on established a million last week and did not do what we wanted him to do was AJ Dillon. Who's on this list, but I think Dylan uh, is a good candidate. He's getting double digit carries. He's running routes, getting targets. As you can see here with Dylan, again, it's not the craziest of expectations with an 11.4 model projection here. DFS projection at 13.3 though, and he's only scored 7.6. So he's really going under people's radars. And similar to Dalvin, even though the model doesn't know this, it's a good week for him where we can see more rushing work, more goal line work because of the matchup against the New York Giants. So uh, still in on AJ Dillon. A couple gross guys to look at are James Conner and, and Antonio Gibson, and I'm treating them differently. And I want to point out the reasons why. I'm still in on James Conner. As he gets a little bit healthier, he was dealing with an ankle injury. I think that's going to help him. All the talk and signals seem to be, even though he's been bad, that they don't really want the, um, we, we don't really think we're going to see the other guys cut into his work. And you can see the snap share, 72% week one, drops to 21% week two uh, when he leaves early with the ankle injury, was dealing with that ankle injury week three, when he's at 60%, back up to 66%. So I think he's back into his full role. And Connor, quite frankly, like he can't get any less efficient last year. He ran like the God in terms of touchdowns. And he also caught 95% of his passes this year. It's been the opposite. He's running pretty bad on touchdowns. His catch rate is one of the lowest catch rates of his career. The yards per carry, like literally like cannot get much lower than it is at 3.2. So, uh, and I also expect this offense to be a little bit better moving forward. They've struggled a ton early. They've been putting a lot of negative situations. So I'm in on James Connor, even though, it feels really, really gross. One of the guys I'm not in on who, who feels gross is Antonio Gibson. And this is one of the issues, again, with the model is it's assuming that the workload's going to stay the same moving forward, but we've got some signs. And even though it's waiting the more recent workload at a higher rate, so like last week counts more than two weeks ago, two weeks ago counts more than three weeks ago, I don't think it's catching you know the drop off in Antonio Gibson's role. Snap share has dropped. Every single week, we saw Jonathan Williams get some carries, lowest carry share for Gibson uh, of the year, and his target share the last three weeks has been in the single digits. He's a guy you want catching balls. Like that's kind of the thesis behind him. So uh, he's highlighted as an underperformer. We let the model do its thing. We don't exclude guys, even if we don't subjectively agree. 
you can tell with the DFS projection, even though it's over his last three fantasy points per game, though, that it's pretty significantly lower than the model projection of 12.6. Final guy to talk about on the list is Kareem Hunt. He's a good one to talk about for a few reasons. One, I am buying the 9.1 fantasy points per game, both us and subjectively with our, our, our DFS projections and this purely algorithmic model have him over 11 PPR points per game moving forward. And a lot of that is, is touchdown stuff. So you can see as I bring up the volume for Kareem Hunt, he scored two touchdowns his first week, one receiving, one rushing, despite no goal line carries, uh, has not scored the last three weeks, despite six total goal line carries and continuing to get involvement in the past game yards per carry has been kind of meh. So I think he's going to score more touchdowns moving forward. Chubb has kind of run a little bit good there and Hunt's run a little bit bad. So do you think he's a buy low, but all expected points models, including my own, some might do better than mine, honestly, but the, an issue with mine is so there's three goal line carries he had in week two or week three. I believe that was the game against the Steelers. Could be, I think that was the game against the Steelers. So those all came on the same possession. So in some ways, we're overcounting his expected touchdowns there. Because if he would have scored on that first goal line carry, he would have a lower expectation because he would have only gotten one goal line carry, whereas he has a higher expectation because he failed on all of them. And that's you know something where I might look into the model of like maxing out the expected TD rate at one per drive, but you do see that flaw in expected points models sometimes. So in ours and in some others, he might be a little bit inflated, even though I do think he's still a good buy low candidate. All right. So here's a final look at, if you're watching on the YouTube, look at the underperformers list for the week, Joe Mixon, AJ Dillon, Alvin Kamara, James Connor, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Burnett. That was given off an order of how vast their underperformance has been um, based on the model's projection versus their last three PPR fantasy points per game. So hopefully we have some hits like we did last week with Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs, and you can use this in your DFS play, sit starts in your season-long lineups, or even as trade targets in your season-long lineups. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I'll be back next week to do the wide receiver and tight end underperformance. I'm going to do that weekly. I might do the running back one weekly, um, but the list isn't as dynamic. I don't think it's as quite as valuable as the wide receiver one, so might do that every other week. We'll see. Thank you again for tuning in. Really appreciate it.